0: Welcome to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Hardin, and today we're talking about relationships with the heart types. I am so thankful that we're getting a chance to talk about the center's approach to the Enneagram. I love listening to Beatrice Chestnut, Uranio Paez, Leslie Hirschberger, Peter O'Hanahan, and others talk about the ways that the body center, the heart center, and the thinking or brain or head center really help us to understand more about our marriages, our personalities, and our relationships. So we're going to jump into this today. I'm going to bring on one of my favorite people, a life coach on my team at Reflections, Melissa Thompson, and she is a two. So she's going to give us some encouragement and some understanding right from somebody from the heart triad You guys know I would botch that up totally if it was left to me in my thinking triad, especially after such a cerebral episode last Monday. So I'm right here with you learning always, and we're going to be learning in the next few weeks, not only about, of course, little holiday reminders as we get into the season, but also this that we're going to learn about the body, the heart, and the mind, in terms of our relationships, because when we just think type, we're missing out on some of the even more basic universal truths about the way you guys process your relationships. So before we get right into it with our heart center, I want to remind you of our podcast contest. So excited that the one year mark for this podcast is coming up. Make sure you leave a review and let me know you did. And then you can win two love with t-shirts, a 30 minute consult with me, as well as my R&R relationship books. Next week, I can't tell you how very excited I am that I get to have Hannah, my 15-year-old four, come on with me and talk about preparing a special family Christmas during COVID. We know you have kids of all ages or it may be just you and your spouse. So I'm gonna give some marriage tips. Hannah's gonna give some family tips and she is just such a gift. Being a heart type at making the home, even during the year of COVID, just so beautiful, even in dark times. And I just wanna share these gifts with you of ways your Christmas can be meaningful together with your family and with God. And we just have so many great tips to share about worship and solitude in fitness and our baking tradition, So we're going to have a blast. As we get so close to Christmas, my kids are counting down the days. We have our Advent calendar up. It is their old VeggieTales calendar they got from a godparent many years ago, and they're just loving it and so excited to count the days and just enjoy that magical time. Our favorite time is Christmas Eve, as I've shared, because it's just all of the beforehand fun and anticipation, and we've decided we like that even better just thinking about the long-awaited time of togetherness and gifts and beautiful memories. And then when it comes, you're like, oh, these gifts don't bring everything. All that glitters isn't gold. But that time of anticipation is what we're really supposed to reflect on anyway as we wait on God and heavenly gifts. And it's just a special time of connection. So make sure if you're not connected with anybody that you connect because we love you and we want you to feel Like you are not just great on your own or great one-to-one, but that even in this time, you can be creative and find ways to give in your community and love each other. So that's what we're going to be doing. And we're going to be sharing a bunch of tips with you next week. Looking forward to that. Don't forget also that I was telling you guys, if you're like me and you also struggle with gluttony in any Form or just maybe not gluttony, but you might be somebody who struggles with body work, then make sure you are integrating that too into this time of year. I would say thinking too, but a lot of us are already in over our heads with the news. And I really know that a lot of us are struggling with emotions this time of year. So the body work balances you out. So make sure you're doing that. I was able to do my pop sugar. Cardio fitness this morning, and it was reminding me how I need to do that more because I wasn't as in shape as I would have liked to be. So I'm super happy I'm on that before the new year. And even if you're doing one or two minutes, don't forget to do that each day, too. Okay, so as we get talking about heart types, you know that I'm talking about twos, threes, and fours if you've been listening to this podcast before. And while these are the leads of the heart people of the Enneagram, as opposed to the other types, we all have access to our hearts. And I also really enjoyed the way that Beatrice Chestnut was saying that we don't just experience heart, then head, then body, or heart, then body, then head. If we're a heart type, it's not always the same route because different people have different experiences and ways of growing and shifting. So the main thing to remember, if you're a heart type or one of the others, or whatever Enneagram type you are, in other words, I want you to remember to balance. I want you to remember that you can and will change if you continually take brave steps. So we're going to talk to the heart people today, but we're also talking to any of you who may have trouble reaching or accessing your heart center, like me sometimes, so I think that's really important. And, and just to start out with some knowledge for the heart types, twos, threes, and fours have distortion in their feelings. The heart knows the truth and it lets us know the truth of who we really are in our identity. It's also where we can feel a sense of meaning and value. And we even do have some neurons to the brain from the heart as well as in the gut. So you actually might not even realize that that you have a, a b- little brain in your heart. So it's actually quite good and relevant to find your knowledge and your intelligence through all three centers. Sadly, our schools in the Western world mostly value brain, and I was given a lot of laud in the schools for my brain, as I'm sure were the other thinking types. And that's not fair to the other types who are struggling with attention or an intuitive emotional knowledge and not being given credit for that. So that's what I love about the homeschooling movement. Boy, has it been helpful for me to raise a heart and a body type as children. And now my thinking son, it's just been such a different education, not only because of the gender differences in my son needing a much more active way to learn, but because of my heart centered daughter Needing a lot slower of a pace so she could artfully grasp the whole images at once so she could aesthetically grasp things so she could see the the meaning behind it in a much slower fuller way and my body type daughter needing to grab everything and to do the five senses with everything with her cozy objects and tearing up the books that my four and I had read so carefully when she was a baby. So it's fascinating to raise children in all the different facets. And I can tell you that I want you to pay attention when you're a future parent or if you're already a parent to learning what Even if you can't distinguish Enneagram type, what intelligence center your child is really part of first? And then how much more important is it for you to know for you and your spouse as you're trying to work through your relationship as well? So that's very important, especially because there's only two of you and there's three centers. So you're probably always then going to have a deficit center where you say, we're not thinking or we're not really in our bodies or we're not really appealing to our hearts enough here so that's important that you try especially if you have kids that are in that other center that you don't gang up on them unintentionally or bully them so it's very helpful and my husband who's a one helps me with that when my four daughter and I rub each other the wrong way he'll he'll step in and say okay I think you're going way too hard on her cerebrally And I'm like, okay, he is feeling the heart in a different way than I am. And he's able to see it and stop me before it's too late. And then I do that with him, with our body type daughter, because he catches, they're so similar that there's a different expectation on her how he parents her. So I think that that's really something that you can balance together. And how much more now do we value marriage? Because when we're enemies with each other, we're not as likely to find these ways and these routes with our children. And we're much more likely to miss altogether. So our spouses can help us to have healthier ways of parenting as well. But again, twos, threes, and fours have the distortion in their feelings. Sometimes their heart knows the truth, and it also understands in a different way. It's not a cerebral understanding or an instinctual. It's more of a mirroring recognition, validating others' feelings, and just this energy that they can pick up on the cues emotionally around the room. They know what you're thinking, sometimes even before you do, or they know what you're feeling rather. See how I go right to thoughts. So I think that's important that if you have a two, three or four spouse or a two, three or four in your life, or if it's you, that you understand this is a gift and we need this. We need somebody to help us to process who we are through, through that place of emotion. But the two, three, and four struggle with who they really are and what they're feeling. And they're looking for their own emotional validation through the eyes of others so when they don't get the attention they want, they feel a deep sense of sadness, deficiency, shame, and emptiness. And, and they look to their others to find themselves. And this is why sometimes we think of people in this triad as codependent because they're looking for others to tell them and they want attention and understanding and feel misunderstood. And so they're concerned with their self-image. Who am I? Without you. And sometimes this happens because they feel abandoned. And even my four has told me that when I read her Goodnight Moon as a baby, I was doing a very rigid, very thinking center baby approach with her. And it was baby wise. And I was reading Dr. Sears and attachment parenting as well. But I was really thinking, not feeling my way through my earliest days of parenting. And she was a feeler from the start, as I've said on this podcast before. And she can remind me that when I was reading her good night moon and all of my bookish ways, we had about four books, we would do morning, afternoon and evening before nap. It was very routine and rigid. And She said that when she saw Goodnight Moon, it made her feel so sad and alone because she knew she'd have to go into her crib and do this routine. And sometimes she didn't feel like she wanted to do the routine or wasn't tired. And I felt... Okay. I, I can't use my emotional intuition. I've been taught. I just had emerged with a graduate degree in psychology and that behavioralism for better and for worse was shaping me, not my clients, but shaping me to forget and leave behind my own emotions. And yes, I had studied emotionally focused couples therapy as my master's thesis, but did that matter in my own parenting? Sadly, no. I was all theory and I brought that right into my parenting with her. And so this sweet little cherub was sad. And so this is one story I've been gifted with to understand how did my heart center child as well as so sad. And we talk about it where I'm like, I feel so bad. I thought I was doing right. And she's like, no, it's okay, mom. But it's like, she remembers that sadness starting early of I'm not being connected with when I need to be. So it, it, you know, you can ask what came first, the chicken or the egg, but I think she was a four and it just exacerbated some feelings of loneliness. So think back on your own childhood. I mean, she was, we had been talking about all this from such a young age. So I had her telling me this from the time she was about five or six or seven. So she didn't say, you know, at 15, this is what happened. I caught her really young and then she was clear as day, able to recall from the baby years how she felt. So you can go back to your own baby years or your kids or your spouse and say, where's your earliest memories on your body, heart, or mind center and how you think that developed. So it, it you know, it is what it is now. We all have our center, but let's talk about some of the challenges of the heart center before we bring Melissa on. So the challenges for two can be they can be prideful, dependent on the approval of others, intrusive, demanding, and privileged. The three can be image-driven, overworked, impatient, competitive, and out of touch with feelings. And then we also have the four who can be moody, withdrawn, self-absorbed, oversensitive, demanding, and unsatisfied with what is. Now, the strengths of the heart type are amazing, and the two can be caring, helpful, relationship-oriented, generous, sensitive to others, supportive, exuberant, The three is enthusiastic and a problem solver, successful, efficient, practical, and competent. And the four is creative, empathic, idealistic, really capable of emotional depth and compassionate. So I want you to understand that as much as you know, I'm running through those, you know, I have whole episodes on each of those types. So that's why I'm running. I'm like, you guys know this. It's okay for me to run through briefly, but just as a quick reminder, if this is your first time listening to an Enneagram podcast. And so I think it's really important that you guys take a look at yourself and say, if I'm a two and I'm really good at caring for others, I don't want to feel shamed. I want to be able to feel like others like me. So I want to be needed but they just have difficulty knowing their own feelings and needs. They say, there's many people who couldn't survive without me. And so that's what they know or think. Then the threes are the most out of touch with their feelings. And whoever's in the middle of the center, the three, the six, and the nine on each of the heart, body, and head types, they're the most out of touch with their feeling. And in this case, they need positive feedback and affirmation of others from others because they're so out of touch because they find their value and self-worth, through accomplishment performing so that they can resist feelings like that shame or sadness coming up. And so they project an image of success and they're seeking admiration of others and are very goal focused. Type fours tend to look for reasons why they are unique and different, and they create and sustain moods and use their emotions as a way to defend against rejection, and they dramatize their hurts and losses By doing this, however, that's how they avoid deeper feelings of shame and draw attention and pity from others. So basically, the two is externalizing their shame and saying, I'm a good person. Threes are feeling conflicted with their shame and creating an image of success. And fours are internalizing their shame and creating an image of unique identity. So after all that explaining, now we're going to bring Melissa on, who can really bring us into the heart experience. I'm so excited. I'm always working on that, but I have to admit today in preparation for this episode, I did my body work and my mind work. So I'm absolutely dependent on her with you today to help us to remember how to do our heart work together. Okay. Let's welcome Melissa.
1: Melissa, I'm so happy to have you. I am so happy that you are having me, that you asked me to do this. Thank you. You're welcome. And I was
0: sharing before you came on with my guest that I'm flailing today emotionally. I am all oh. body and all head. So <laughs> I need you. <laughs>
1: Oh my goodness. Am I going to cry with you because you know twos and they always feel everybody else's emotions?
0: Oh my gosh, maybe. I don't know. I think I'm just in the last week or two of the kids' school. And so I'm really head based right now. So I'm like, I'm so happy that you're here. Literally, you're going to make our show today. (laughs) You're so sweet.
1: You're so sweet.
0: Yes. And I know you have your four angels. So you have probably, you're probably ready for Christmas break too.
1: I am ready for Christmas break. I'm excited for it. I loved Thanksgiving break. It was nice to have that week to just chill and not make lunches every day. I hate making lunches every day. And mm-hmm. our our school, they're in school and school is not offering that yet. So just as a safety precaution. But um, I just love having them home. I just mm-hmm. love them around me. It makes me happy. I'm right there with you. It's such a gift.
0: It's going to be a blessing and not having them have to be full of tasks, that's going to yes. be, it's going to help everyone to wind down. And I hope those in our audience too, with their Bambinos. So I hope so. Yes. Um. So I wanted to ask just so everyone could get familiar with you and your Enneagram type. Can you tell us a little bit about your type or your wing or your
1: subtype? I am a two. All All roads lead to the two for me.
0: Okay. So you lean toward the three. I lean towards the three. Yes. For your wing. For my wing. Yep and then your subtype do you find yourself in more self-preserving to or more social to or would you say no i'm definitely more of the one to one
1: i'm all social i'm mm, okay. all social mm-hmm. very much so I, there are times if i go if i'm in an insecure feeling or i'm i'm not confident I'm in a situation with somebody, I might start to go into a self-preserving, mm-hmm. but most of the time I am all out there with people. So mm. very social. I love that. And I love how she brings
0: us back to the basics of the subtypes because they, they really are helpful to be able to navigate and just saying clear. And that's a very good way because honestly, you know, the best thing is going to be to balance Right. and you're just saying that's your bent and i'm i know my bent is self-preserving so i know i have to balance out socially and that's why i love having you on my team as a coach and she yeah, is can. not just an enneagram person as you, melissa does so much more than works with personalities she works with so many different aspects of people can you tell us a little bit about your work with clients as a two or just as a person
1: yes it is first a gift and an honor to be working with clients because you know i've been on the opposite side of that chair and i've been the one to come into that room and and share my heart in a very vulnerable broken time and mm-hmm. you, there's moments where people just want to come in and just sit and cry because it's finally a safe place for them to let go of those emotions and that anxiety that fear that anger anything that hurt that they're holding on to mm-hmm. and um You know, I deal with um, relationship issues. I help people with relationship issues, um, parenting issues, work issues. There's, um, you know, there's so, it's sad because what I say to my clients, you know, a lot of it goes back to their childhood and how their foundation was made as a child and how they were treated and what they were taught visually, verbally, physically, physically in in the way that they were raised and it's sad because you know you have broken parents raising broken children and then those children go up to be adults and have a lot of brokenness as well and in trauma and you know I just I sit there you know I always ask the holy spirit to be there with me before every client that I have and mm-hmm. to guide me through that session and I love that it's just amazing what people carry, you know, and it, I know I've carried it in my past and I am so thankful for the people that God has put in my life to help heal me of those things. And, and I love that I have the opportunity to be one-on-one with people or couples. Mm -hmm. I've had, I have couples that come in as well and, you know, that they, they can sit there and they can share what their, what their struggles are, Mm -hmm. their hurts.
0: And such a gift to people to be able to really come into their own and you've walked through that yourself. So I think that's one of the most important things about doing counseling or coaching is having done your own work. And then as I say a lot on the show, ongoing doing your work so that you're always in growth too. And it's been fun for you to learn the Enneagram as one of the first things you did when you came onto my team. So I'm just grateful that you've continued to grow and that you're such a blessing and so safe for the clients that I refer to you.
1: Well, thank you so much. The Enneagram is an amazing tool to use mm. with the coaching. And I, and I don't push that on anybody and everybody. I definitely, I feel them out on that to say, are you, are you comfortable? You know, why don't you take this test? Have you heard of the Enneagram? And a lot, some of them, have, oh yes, I'm of this. And then we, that opens up the communication to go d- deeper into that. There's others that haven't heard of it. It's a great tool
0: and I love that you honor that because we do have a local practice as well and we don't hear about everybody through Enneagram. And so it's really important to me that we understand that mental health care has so many facets, Mm -hmm. including coaching and just helping people to make healthy life choices, as well as we have our staff of counselors who really treat people with more severe mental health issues and trauma. So it's a blend and that's what I always wanted. So you've been such a great fit. And just to have uh, another person in the emotion. Triad, the heart triad has been such a gift again because it's not my strength. So thank you, Melissa.
1: (laughs) You're welcome. Well, thank you because you've been a gift to me. So I I don't know how to thank you enough for that.
0: Mm. And the
1: team at Reflections is your team that you have put together is they are some of the most wonderful people. It's so welcoming, so kind, and just uh, amazing and fun. So (laughs) much fun.
0: Yes. And of course my word is safe. (laughs) Yes. Safe is safe is huge to me. (laughs) And it is to you too. Cause you, and oh my gosh, I can't wait to talk about that part of your life with you too, because um, I actually noticed something that I'll mention later on the podcast in a good way. So another thing I was going to ask you about though, is you're being part of the feeling center. What's the hardest thing about being in the feeling center that, you know, somebody who's dealing with being so good at emotions and just dealing with everybody else's feelings. What's the hardest part about that? Do you think?
1: Feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Feeling. Well, um, the hardest part about it is the intense the intense emotions that you feel uh you know i just we pick up on everybody else's feelings and when for myself whether i'm in, if i'm in a room with somebody I can, I'm picking up their energy. I'm picking up their emotions, whether it's good or bad. I, I am carrying that. And it's the same thing when I'm in a room with coaching. And it's one of the things that I've really prayed that God would protect me from, um, because I'm so oversensitive to those feelings and I don't mm-hmm. want to take them on as my own feelings mm-hmm. and I need to stay focused because I want to give them forward moving goals Mm -hmm. to work past what they're going through but as a two and being in the in that my heart center and my feelings I feel everything but with myself I, I it's funny because I used to shut my feelings down all the time. I had no idea. I was not in touch with my emotions whatsoever. I went years and years and years ago, I was going to a counselor and he said, you know, well, does that make you angry? I don't know. Does that make you sad? I don't know. Well, when this happens, how do you feel about that? I don't know. Mm. And he said, I've never met, I've never counseled anybody that was so not in touch with their emotions as you are. You're like a poster child for that. Mm. And I remember him saying that to me and it was survival for me though. So, it was survival for me to shut, to shut all of those emotions out. And as God started to heal me and I started to feel emotions, I was like, what is this? Why am I crying about this? Why do I feel this way? Mm -hmm. And I've really come into my own and I've learned to embrace those emotions. And I've learned to just allow myself to feel them because every emotion that we experience is very real. Whether it's happy, joyful, excited, fearful, anxious, angry, you know, we, we have the right, we want to feel the good feelings because those are easy. We don't want to feel the bad feelings because those bring us down and they're hard. Mm-hmm. And I've, over the years, I've really learned to give myself permission to feel even the bad feelings, like process this, embrace it, embrace it and work through it and feel it. And that has been one of the greatest gifts that I've given myself is, because as a two sometimes we 'll repress those feelings because we want to keep everybody around us happy we don 't want them to see the negative side of us we don 't want them to see us sad oh that 's going to bring them down, so we have to be happy all the time.
0: Wow, oh my goodness, you just said a lot there, and uh, I did I'm just I love it i 'm just in awe of the fact that you've done your work here and that you have come so far. And this is so cool in this way, guys, that she did this without the Enneagram and she's been continuing to do it with it. But this is work that you've just done through therapy over the years and coaching. And I'm so glad because you are so good at feeling everyone else's feelings. So that's beautiful. But now you said it's hard to feel your own sometimes too. Feeling is hard.
1: It is hard. It is really hard, especially when we're sad or we're mm. fearful about something or we're feeling anxious. It's hard to feel those feelings mm. and we try to avoid them. And that's when we get busy, you know, twos are very task oriented usually. So we do that, I think, to keep our minds off of what we should be feeling. Mm. And I will mm. have to stop myself sometimes and just say, okay, just like what's going on with you right now. Let's, let's do a self-check. You know, why are you feeling this way? What is going on that's bringing these feelings to the surface? And let's deal with them. So I coach myself. <laughs>
0: that's <laughs> amazing. I'm like, myself. oh, that's that's literally everything Leslie Hirschberger would teach or Beatrice Chestnut. And so you're just doing this work on yourself and it's it's making a difference in your life, I bet. And um, what do you feel is maybe one of the best things then about being a two when you do this work? Feeling. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I I, do. I love I love being in touch with my emotions because I was not in touch with them for so long that it truly is a gift Mm. to be able to feel those things even when it isn't easy to feel them. Like I now it's it's like losing a body part or not having it and then all of a sudden having that, you know, and now I can feel those things. And I love being in touch with my emotions because, you know, I have four children and they've gone through a lot. And, Mm -hmm. and now I can teach them how to be in touch with those emotions that they're dealing with, whether they're good or bad. And we can talk through that. Mm
0: -hmm. Wow. Whereas I've had to learn more of that from my four child, you've taught your children, you've been helping them. And hopefully we all as parents and as spouses, we're bringing our people, the things we're learning so that even if we're learning later in life, like Melissa and I about of the biggest things that we're saying now let me bring it to the people who also didn't know and I love that you're bringing it to your four sweeties
1: oh thank you it's tough sometimes it is but you know even kids you know they're all different personalities so different and I, you know I have my youngest who is uh, you know I'm going to say he's an eight and he always goes right to anger and frustration Mm -hmm. and he wants to shut down and that's okay. Like I don't get upset with him as long as he's respectful. He can't be disrespectful when he's angry, but he's Mm -hmm. absolutely 100% allowed to express those feelings. I want him to have an outlet. He needs anger, just bruise. When you don't give it an outlet, it bruise and it will find an outlet one way or another. And usually anger shows itself and we don't know why we're angry. So Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I want them to address that when they're feeling it. Okay. So be, oh angry. Yes. be
0: angry. Yeah, Be
1: angry. But what are you angry about? Let's talk about it. You know, don't be rude, but let's talk about it.
0: <laughs> oh, that's the best thing you can give him. I heard Beatrice Chestnut say that it's basically the instinct people like your eight are 100 times faster than the thought people and 10 times faster than the heart people to mm-hmm. feel everything they're feeling. So it's nice for you to say, okay, it's there. The instinct came up. I sense it with you but now let's process it. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, it's not easy and I I feel myself getting frustrated sometimes, but I'm like, all right, you're the parent here, so grow up. <laughs> Deal with this right. So, <laughs>
0: yes, that's so good and I'm glad that you are, yeah, you're thinking, "Hey, he's different from me and I have to approach him differently." So that's right. that's great that you've learned so many different routes. What would you say, just knowing how you were even referencing the kids back forth, the way that um, COVID has hit families, what do you think the hardest thing is for heart types during times like COVID?
1: Lack of being around people. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of heart types are very um, people-oriented. Oh, yeah,
0: because you're Yes,
1: yes. And so I know that when this all started back in February, March, Mm -hmm. and we were locked down and couldn't go anywhere, I was so depressed. It was, I just, I wanted to be out. I missed being at school, at the kids' school and walking on their... Uh, on their campus and saying hi to somebody or smiling at somebody or giving somebody a hug or just going out to dinner. I was like, I can't wait to go to a restaurant and I can see people sitting at a table next to me or walk by somebody and just smile and say hi. And that was, you know, I've always been that way. I mean, when I was two, my mom said, Melissa, you would say hi to everybody. You walked by on the street. Hi, 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 hi. Mm -hmm. And she ended up buying me a shirt that said hi on it because (laughs) I just loved everybody oh all the time. My gosh, you're kidding me. <laughs> no, and that so is so cute. I, it, I love the story when she says it. I but just I and I, I remember I remember being that way and I'm still that way to this day. And so <laughs> yes. the the lockdown was so hard. I was so sad. I oh. missed I missed people, even people I didn't know, complete strangers. I just missed Mm -hmm. people so much. Wow. Wow. What a heart of love. And that was that. So that was the hardest thing in this whole, this whole thing was just the lack of connection, Mm -hmm. physical connection, eye to eye connection. Yes.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. This has been so rough on not only social subtype people, but heart people. And I've heard this from a lot of different teachers that say this, that the heart people have adapted, of course, but just had the hardest time adapting to it at the beginning because you're so loving and also getting your cues from others. Now who's going to see my cues about self-worth if you're not doing your work, which you were, but you just still had this natural, beautiful gift in you to be hospitable and loving. And so that was hard to not have that. And I'm sure you found ways to pivot with that too.
1: I tried and you're, you're very right. I mean, we do look to other people for a lot of that energy, a lot of that worth and just a smile, um, a kind word, Mm -hmm. you know, we love to give that to people. We feed off of that. And so, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that's that I wasn't, you know, that fuel wasn't there anymore. And, you know, it's funny, because my oldest daughter, she's a she's a seven and in Mm -hmm. on the Enneagram, and she's very much an introvert. Mm -hmm. And she loved the lockdown. She was like, Mom, this is so perfect. And she's like, Mm -hmm. doesn't affect me at all. And when I was sharing to her how I'm sad, this is so hard. She's like, I never even thought about that for people Mm -hmm. with your personality type. She said, you know, And so there's so, you know, there's, there was, there's a lot of different levels to this for, for each, for each type.
0: And you guys really were beautiful in the way that my staff really came out and wested to being a social subtype. A lot of medical professionals and counselors, including me being a seven, wanted to do more at home work. And a lot of you guys were like, I'm going out and I'm (laughs) going to use wisdom, but I'm meeting with my people. And it just, that brought me to tears just to see that kind of love and sacrifice of you guys just loving others so well, that is just so beautiful to me.
1: It's a beautiful way to, to, to state it.
0: Oh, it's just, it's so
1: courageous
0: and it's, it's just so healthy, but I also love how you can say, Hey, and this is something I really, it's a pet peeve when people don't do this is coaches and counselors are people too. And we <laughs> have to do our work. So you're like, yeah, we, you know, sometimes I self identify with others and I can join your daughter and saying, sometimes I didn't mind as much. And that might not have been a good thing. And a couple of times I had really good cries about twice Mm-hmm. And then I, I mean, and I had huge life transitions with the Aww, kids, and I nice. only allowed myself to cry about twice, but I had to because I had to do my emotional work. And I, I want to remind other types that you do need to do that work. So Absolutely. yeah, that's that's something for us to know is we not only need to observe the heart types, but to learn from you guys. What did you enjoy about her? And I watched Leslie Hirschberger's center's approach about the the heart types. And I was wondering if you learned anything new from that or just had a favorite insight from that because Leslie has such a fun way of thinking about things. She-
1: I love the fact there was a lot of things that she said that I really enjoyed. You know, I, I love how she emphasized the fact that she doesn't want the Enneagram to completely emphasize what a person is or who they are, you know, that we use that as a tool to help understand ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I loved that. And because there's almost, I feel like sometimes people can take on something and make it everything. And then there's that feeling of failure when they don't, oh, I'm not exactly like what, how this describes me. So there's, I don't know if there's like a feeling of failure that comes with that, um, confusion sometimes. I love that she brought that into it just a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. I love how she talked about shape shifting. Mm -hmm. Twos, shape shift. So whatever we're almost like a chameleon, um, uh, you know, whoever we're around, we take on those feelings. So we, and we shape shift to make people happy, even if it's not what we're feeling. We could be so broken and down, but mm-hmm. if we're around people that are happy, we're like, okay, well, I have to be happy for them. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to shape shift into the happy person right now, even though it's not what I'm feeling. And it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. um Sometimes I love that, you know, she talked about Tentacles," she said. "You know, we have tentacles, and our tentacles are always out, and we're always feeling. So they're just like all these little feelers are always out, and people around we're feeling those energies. And you know, if we're at home, like during the lockdown, um, we need we need our downtime. We need our quiet time to, to just rest. Mm-hmm. And during lockdown, when everybody's home, I love how she talked about our tentacles are constantly out." The kids, the the husband, the significant other, the everything—they're just—we're feeling all these people around us all the time. And you know, when life is normal and the kids are in school and people are at work, our tentacles have a chance to just take a break. They can mm-hmm. shut down for a little while, take a rest. Mm-hmm. And so I love how she talked about that. It's it is because that is very true. We it's like we have these little like an octopus, all these little tentacles growing out of us. And we're just constantly always there sensing everything around us all the time. And when we're by ourselves, we get to just give those a rest for a little while.
0: Mm, I loved how she said that too. And she really reminded us that if we don't take that time, especially if we're feelings people, we take on the feelings of everybody around. And I just had a feelings type say that to me in coaching this week. She said, do you know how hard it's been for me to have kids and husband home while I'm trying to do my job. And Mm -hmm. of course I was thinking about it cerebrally. Yeah, me too. But I was thinking about it cerebrally. And she's (laughs) like, um, I'm like, I always do this for years, but I'm like, but still it's hard. And then she's (laughs) like, now that, you know, Leslie and you filled that in for me, I'm like, Oh my gosh, she's carrying all their emotions even way more than me. I do that a little bit, but she's Mm -hmm. really caring. So that's, been a huge thing for all of you feelers out there so just to know that you have a safe place that it's okay to say morning noon or night this is my time for me and not only okay because it won't always come as a I want this but more of a you need it and you have to almost force yourself to it is that how it is?
1: It is, I, I know for myself, when I start to feel overwhelmed about everything, when everything is overwhelming me, um, mm-hmm. when my kids are trying to talk to me and I'm not hearing them because I can't focus, I just am like, I feel irritated or, um, you know, just the the simple chores at home that I have to do start to just overwhelm me. Mm-hmm. I know, okay, Melissa, you, you need a break. You need to shut down and just put all of that aside for a little while mm-hmm. and just give yourself some self-care and some self-love and it's I, I, sometimes I don't recognize it. I, I might be snapping at my kids or something, or could you just, could you not talk for just a few minutes, please? I just, I need a break. Mm-hmm. And I notice that when I get to that point, Mm-hmm. okay i've I've taken on too much and and sometimes it's after i've i've done a lot of coaching that day and it's i've heard multiple stories and mm-hmm. I go home and i'm i'm tired i'm I'm drained I just want to shut everything off i don't want to listen to the radio i don't want to hear any music i don't want anybody to talk to me
0: mm-hmm. and
1: mm-hmm. you know i have to i have to be very aware of that but i'm I am definitely learning that when I get to that point, okay, Melissa needs some time just to herself. To do either sit and stare at a wall if I want to, or <laughs> watch a, a movie, you know, or go on my computer or, you know, scan social media, just something that shuts me down. Mm-hmm. Even listening to podcasts. Sometimes I'll listen to so many podcasts mm-hmm. and after a while I'm like, okay, that's, I'm, I over, I'm overwhelmed. I'm, I've gone too far. Oh I, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I need to shut down and I'll just shut everything off. Got too much it. stimulation
0: that's beautiful that you do that and I'm glad you do because I was going to ask you how do you distinguish what's yours to do with the four kids and I know you're an amazing aesthetician and stylist and life coach so that's really cool for us to hear one of your secrets is just shutting down is saying mm-hmm. okay I don't want to be in a grumpy mood or I don't want to be overwhelmed so I'm going to take some time and space for just for me
1: yes and it's been hard to get to that point because I think a lot of twos, we carry a lot of guilt. We're very guilt-driven and Mm -hmm. we want, we always want to be accepted and approved by other people around us. And Mm -hmm. when we don't do the tasks at hand that we need to do, we feel like we're failing somebody and we feel like we're failing ourselves. So -hmm. we carry a lot of that as well. So that, you know, you know, I tell my daughter all the time and she laughs at me for it, but you know, when I clean the house, if I miss a spot, I'm like, oh my gosh, I know that there's a spot of dust over there and it's driving me crazy. It's talking to me and she'll laugh and she'll say the dust whisper. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, so it's very hard sometimes to shut all of those things out. And I, you know, I think it's good for twos or I think it's any, any, any type really to give yourself permission to just let things go sometimes to say, yeah, okay. The, there's, dirty dishes in the sink. And normally I'd have them done by now, but I just can't, I don't have it in me to do it. It's okay. Let it go. Just walk away from it for a while and maybe in an hour or two, even the next day (laughs) do it, Mm -hmm. but give yourself that permission sometimes to just walk away from those, those tasks and not feel like you're failing because you're not doing it.
0: That is such a sign of maturity. And I think that the younger listeners need to hear that because we're more black and white thinkers, whatever type we are, when Mm -hmm. we're younger and we're harder on ourselves. And Melissa and I have had to do that as multiple children under the home with you working. And even Wes is great about that too now that you have to be able to live. You have to be able to move and to say, especially you heart centers, what I'm hearing Melissa say, is just giving yourself that grace that you're human and you don't have to be serving all the time and you have worth, even if you're not serving or if your home isn't perfect, that's really
1: important. Cause there's going to come a time where you're going to get to it and you'll have the energy to do it. And Mm. you know, grace, grace is a huge thing. Safety and grace right now in the last year or two have been huge for me and that's one of the things that I really work with my clients and coaching on is grace. Give yourself some grace. Let's talk about what that means and what that looks like and let's give yourself some grace because we we have this internal dialogue that goes on all the time and we think other people hear it and see it and they don't but and we're so hard on ourselves about everything. And we focus on the negative more than we do the positive. Mm -hmm. And so I try to tell people, let's work on giving yourself grace. And
0: that's beautiful.
1: I love that. I've been able to, to work on that for myself. And so it's so important. God gives us grace. So why can't we give ourselves grace?
0: Well, and I think that when we have a two, three or four in our life, this is really something that I've observed that is, I don't like this, but I think that we don't give our twos, threes, and fours enough grace to be completely honest, because we do know that you guys are looking for at the rest of us to define you. And so when Mm -hmm. we're feeling lousy and bad, we're going to project bad feelings onto you guys Mm -hmm. about yourselves. So it's so important that twos, threes, and fours give themselves grace and I noticed that with my like i've said before you came on with my four i gave her the least grace both as a perfectionistic, behavioralistic Mm -hmm. parent, but then later just as a person in some ways, she's the one who will trigger me. And it's probably because she brings out my worst feelings about myself because of her care and love. Sometimes that rubs up against us Mm -hmm. and we think, okay, you guys need to define yourselves. I can't do it for you. And we don't give grace. And I don't do that with my nine. I did, oh, now I'm onto secrets of the baby whisper and it was much (laughs) more healthy and it was less rigid. And like I said, as we get older, we're less black and white. And now I almost never do that to my heart people. But I do think when we're young, we can hurt our heart people. Have you experienced that?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I've gotten the backlash from people. And that's the other thing that I'm, you know, I really learned is that, you know, as twos, we put expectations on people to fulfill our needs. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I have become very aware of, and I also use that practice in my coaching as well. And and I've ha- you have to be careful because sometimes we do get the backlash, and sometimes we are put down, and mm-hmm. and sometimes we you know we're sensitive to what's spoken to us, and we let we'll let that most people do we'll let that define define you in a in a sense, and it that's. I think that's one of the, we're so hypersensitive. We are hypersensitive to people being frustrated with us or irritated with us. And it's maybe not that they're irritated with us. It's just they're going through their own stuff, but we take it very personally. Mm -hmm.
0: And I think that people need to know when they are still in that place of treating their heart person badly because they're codependent or they're picking up on insecurities Mm -hmm. that they have to say, wow, this person is looking to me, yes, I want them to do their work, but we're all baby stepping our way through our Enneagram work. So the big thing is for you to look at yourself with somebody as amazing as Melissa or my daughter or the many other listeners who are heart types and say, how am I treating this person? Am I giving them what they deserve, the kindness that they deserve for literally thinking of others first? That is So beautiful about you guys. The fours are trying to define their worth through uniqueness, but so they can be of value to others. And the threes are serving with every achievement. They're doing every cartwheel Mm -hmm. they can. And then you twos are giving out of your last bits. And then people don't even always respect that. So yes, you guys have to do your work, but so do we listening. So please be loving on these people and apologize if you need to. That's something not always perfect about it at the beginning, but I am really good at saying- once in a while, when I still do that, to go back and say, gosh, that was really me.
1: And I'm so sorry. Oh, that's wonderful. That's, I mean, that's beautiful that you're aware of that. Well, beautiful that you're aware of that.
0: Thank you. I had to do it the other day, actually. It hadn't been a while. <laughs> and then I had to do it the other day. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> my I wish. Is like, oh my gosh, mom, I can't believe you did that to my poor <laughs> poor sister.
1: What were you going to say? I wish there were times that I could be more head focused and think mm-hmm. that's something that, you know, when you're at the heart center, you really have to think about thinking logically and practical. We have to, it's a, it's a forced um, way of doing things. Mm-hmm. And whereas you, you, that's just how you go and function every day. Everything's dealt with in the head and your minds are very active and, and you deal with everything in your thought process and very logically, practically. And there's not a lot of room for anything else. Mm -hmm. And I wish that sometimes I was like that instead Mm -hmm. of every, every reaction being emotional. So then I have to rear back and say, okay, you're, you're reacting out of emotion. So let's think about this logically. Okay, brain start working, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, shut down heart and kick the brain into action.
0: Oh my gosh. Right. I know. I want us all to be like these perfect balance centers of (laughs) intelligence. And as an idealist, I'm hopeful that we'll all keep approaching it. And I know you are. I see you thinking clearly and doing a beautiful job communicating. And so I know you're on that journey, but I know that many of our listeners need people like you and I do too, to say, hold on, you just hurt somebody. You have to stop. Even if you can't Mm -hmm. feel it, think about it and then we right. will think about it. And then I say that to threes a lot, just later come back around since you're not in touch with your own emotions and, and think about it. So I'm glad you realized that that's important. And that was really my next question
1: anyway, was what have you done to balance with your head and your body center? I have to think about the situation, how I'm feeling and how I'm reacting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And because twos can be thinking inhibited. Correct. Correct. And so there's just a lot of, there's that tug of war that, that if you're aware and I'm not always aware and I do react a lot on emotion, Mm -hmm. but I try to process what I'm going through before I say something to somebody Mm -hmm. or do something and say, okay, where's this coming from? Mm -hmm. where where is this coming from? Unless it's good. If it's good and it's happy, then I'm all like, here you go. Here's everything. Every compliment. Let me tell you all these wonderful things. I'm so excited. Mm -hmm. But if it's not, then I have to step back and say, okay, are you thinking about this logically with your head? Are you thinking about this with your heart? Because we are very, there's, we have that insecurity and we want to be loved. Our, our biggest fear is rejection, not being worthy of somebody's love.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: we're always striving, 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 striving to be loved.
0: Mm-hmm. And doing, and it can be exhausting. So I like that you're really, even though it's not a natural proclivity and those who are listening where it's not natural, you can still do it. And that's the cool thing. This is the doing group. So you can still do it but it's going mm-hmm. to take work and intention. And then as we talk about integrating your body, I know you do your body work too really well. Melissa's really fit. And I <laughs> love that about I her. Say that. I, I absolutely <laughs> you. love that. I'm like, are you kidding me? You are just a rock star mm-hmm. fitness woman. Oh so my goodness. I, and going into something with that, I want to ask you about it. But mm-hmm. what was funny is Hannah and Melody and I were driving on the way to their dance last night to get a prop that we needed from my office. And Melissa was having a session and I asked her if she could leave this prop out and we got there and it was locked because she was in there having a session at night. And I said to my girls, she is so good at bodywork and self-defense and she knows her value and she knows that she needs to be careful. So I thought that was really cool how you did wow.
1: that. Wow. I just, I didn't really think much of it. Just a common sense. It's night. It's, (laughs) and you know, it was funny because when I was leaving to, I was going to unlock the door for my, my client, Mm -hmm. this guy walked right up and we both jumped out of our skin and it was, it was, you know, he, even my client jumped and the other guy just kept on walking, but Mm -hmm. it still made you just Whew, aware. Yeah. I'm very, I try to be very aware of my surroundings, but it ended up being just fine. But yes, I mean, part of, you know, I, I do help teach a self-defense course. And part of that part of it is situational awareness. You just have to be aware of your surroundings and it's, it's common sense things to protect yourself. So, you know, if I'm going to be somewhere by myself, especially at night, I'm, I'm going to lock the door. I don't want to leave that wide open for somebody to just come on in. And I, and I play out scenarios in my head, too, of what could happen if I don't do this. That is amazing, too, work, guys.
0: Listen to that. Like, you have come a long way. Thank you. Thank and you. I just, your body work, I'm like, oh, she does body work and she does self-defense. So you do a particular
1: type of self-defense, too, right? It is called Krav Maga. And it is a Israeli military self-defense tactic. It's what they teach their military to use. So it's an aggressive, it's an aggressive form of self-defense. Whereas a lot of the Taekwondo and, yeah, and Tai Chi and those different, those different self-defense are more peaceful. They're more back off don't fight back. And <laughs> this is your Krab aid coming out. <laughs> right. And Krav guys is like, oh, you're going to come at me. Well, I'm coming right back at you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so I'm going to take you down. So when I run, you can't come after me. Um, but, yeah. you know, John Brockoff that facilitates it, he almost described it like street fighting. Mm -hmm. so it's just but really you don't want to be in that situation at all and so our first line of defense is to be aware of what's going on around us so we can avoid those situations to listen to our instincts if you're walking down the street and you see somebody or something and you don't feel right about that in your gut then go out of your way to avoid that situation and a lot of times we don't listen to our gut instincts. We think we're overreacting. Well, what I teach and we teach the students in the class, is it's okay to overreact if that means staying safe. I'd rather overreact about a situation and be safe than go into it thinking I'm going to be fine and getting hurt or thinking, you know, my ego, I'm going to go walk past them because I'm not afraid of anybody. Well, that's just stupid. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: because then you are potentially putting yourself in harm. And I would rather walk way around or go around a block to avoid a situation to protect myself. And that's what I love is that we're just teaching you to keep alert of what's going on around you and be familiar with your surroundings. And if something's off, pay attention to that feeling. And also that it teaches us to, we don't have to be nice to everybody. And especially women, we tend to feel like we owe everybody something and we need to be kind and we're taught, you know, be polite, be kind. Well, if a stranger walks up to you in a parking lot, they're not being kind and we often feel like we owe them something at a time or we mm-hmm. to interact with them and we, and we don't mm-hmm. because that every moment that we interact with them increases their chances of attacking us. So you know, don't roll down your window to talk to a stranger. Don't give money to a stranger. Don't, you don't have to, you just say back off basically is, you know, and, and you, and it gives women permission to be able to do that because my safety and my children's safety is far more important than how this person feels. And I love that it gives this, this course, it's called all women empowered uh, women's self defense course. And it just gives women permission to not be polite all the time. We can protect ourselves and we don't have to worry about these strangers' feelings.
0: Oh, wow. That is so important for heart types to hear. That is just everything.
1: It's hard. It's definitely hard. But, you know, I've learned, wait, this person's feelings is not my responsibility. My protection and my children's protection is...
0: Oh my gosh. Yes. Melissa, that is so good. My heart is tugged wanting Mm. other twos that are not there yet to know this worth, to know that they deserve to be protected. And Mm -hmm. you are such a model of that to my children. so So thank you. And here I am in my head and I don't always realize that. And that's why it's better often for me to be at home and as you know in our past office which was in a downtown area mm-hmm. that god was with me but i was vulnerable to attack and i was i was not attacked but it was totally god's grace versus me having what you had as far as that practical skill. So I'm so happy that you modeled that to me and other women and oh my gosh. Yes. And so I also wanted to just lastly ask as we're closing, what is it that you want to say to other heart types? Cause I think you have a lot to teach them and I think you just said a lot to them, but what would you add to that? If anything,
1: allow yourself to feel like we, we already talked about, I think that's really the biggest, the biggest (laughs) issue is allow yourself to feel allow yourself to feel when you're feeling sad when you're when you're fearful allow yourself to feel that and we don't have to take on everybody's energy as our own you know we don't let that codependency does not have to kick in where we say okay what you're feeling i have to feel my identity mm-hmm. is in 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 what you're feeling and we don't have to do that and we really need to work on putting ourselves first we're so afraid that that's going to be selfish mm-hmm. to to self-care to put ourselves first if you know our kids are home to be able to say you know i'm going to go for a walk or i'm just going to go lock myself in a room for a while or you know i'm going to just sit here and do nothing so let me do that for a little bit and i'll let you know when i'm ready and we don't give ourselves permission to do that we feel guilty a lot of times inadequate we shame ourselves for, for needing that. And we feel so selfish when we need those moments. And so people need permission. It's okay. It's okay to take that time for yourself. Take it. Take mm-hmm. it. Because you, you're only going to be as good as you allow yourself to be. And if you're investing in your own self and what you, if you're aware of what you need and you can invest in that, then you're going to be better for everybody else as well. Mm-hmm. And we always want to make everybody happy. So actually, it's a good thing.
0: Yeah, you included, right? Right. <laughs> right. Oh, well, that is music to their ears, I know, and mine too. And I just want to let people know that they can get in touch with Melissa by writing us at Enneagram and Marriage at gmail.com or through the website at reflectionscc.com. I will also have her information up on Instagram this week, but I really want you to know that Melissa is a safe and wonderful coach and the blessing of coaches versus counselors, which there's other blessings with counselors, is that Melissa can see you from anywhere over the world. So it's a huge blessing to have you yes. on my staff, Melissa, and I'm so
1: grateful to you for sharing with us today. Well, it is a huge blessing to be on your staff and- You know, I'm just, I'm so honored. I really am in just what God is doing in my life and allowing me this platform and to be a part of your team is more than I ever could have hoped, prayed, or dreamed of. So thank you.
0: Oh, yay. Well, that makes me so happy. It was the perfect timing. So anyway, you guys, we are so grateful to have had Melissa. So
1: please let her know too. Where can they find you on Instagram, particularly you? On Instagram, my handle is inspire to be you. It's the word inspire, the number two, the letter B, and then the letter U.
0: Wonderful. And I will share that as well so that they thank have you. that this week and your coaching information. So thank you so much, Melissa, for coming on. Thank you for having me. This was wonderful. Awesome. Well, guys, I'm so glad you got to tune in with me to Melissa. She honestly calmed me down and got me ready for my my heart space with my next couple today and with my kids later today. And I hope she centered you and helped you to feel safe, healthy, strong, and like you can not only self-protect, but love well. So I know you guys are going to have a great week now after hearing that. And I'm so thankful. So make sure if you want to work with Melissa, that you contact us at Enneagramandmarriage.com or that you just reach out to one of us at Instagram. We'd be so happy to hear from you. And I hope you have a great week. Keep in touch with our contests in March if you need that. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye.